0: Hi guys, so before we get into today's podcast, I just want to share with you some of the information about the Nature Premium campaign, which has been launched by the Forest School Association. Uh, And this audio comes from the video produced by Lily Horseman.
1: While in lockdown, we've had over 100 days of limited access to family, friends, and the natural world. We have a plan to reconnect children and nature. The Nature Premium campaign is asking the Government to help schools get children outdoors and we need your support to do it. Scientific research shows that when children spend regular amounts of time in nature, this has a positive impact on their mental health, their physical health and their long-term success. In 2012, the Government recognised that children's physical health is important and a sports premium for schools helps get children more active. We want a nature premium for all children. To help us achieve this, we need you to sign the petition, to share the message through social media, and get your local MP on board. If the nature premium campaign is successful, our children will have the best chance of getting out and really flourishing. To find out more about the science behind the nature premium and how you can get involved, visit www.naturepremium.org. to the Forest School Podcast with Lewis Ames and
2: Gemma Sutherland. I'm just Okay, there. That's much better.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, just stay completely still. Okay. Hello. Good evening. We'll just keep, we'll just keep saying hello, shall we? Just every yeah. five minutes we'll just go, hello, and then one of these.
2: <laughs> we'll be the, the right actual part. <laughs> uh, can you hear this
0: yes and you know what everybody loves mouth sounds on a podcast don't they
2: just love the sound of my peppermint and licorice
0: tea oh god that's a disgusting noise <laughs> why are you making that noise god that is that is horrendous Gemma that is absolutely foul I'm well, bitten it on the floor now what an absolute animal
2: Done. done
0: yeah Yeah. You can, slightly professional
2: no. pretend,
0: pretend this is in some way related to your job
2: mm, can't yeah.
0: can't shant. can't and shant. Oh, we're today, today
1: we're yeah, talking today. about clay applications for forest school training are now open at childrenoftheforest.com check out the podcast links for more details
0: about clay
1: did anybody
2: I... else did anybody else talk like <laughs> respond to your mad yes i did internet?
0: i saw some pe- some people have talked about clay and about what they did and it's just a very exciting also i've been putting on our um social media a few different pictures of um Thanks. some clay stuff that we did uh from i was gonna say different angles but that makes it sound like different photos what i mean is different aspects of what we've been doing with clay um and i've just sort of been reflecting on it myself and just thinking like god clay is amazing and and cool and we should talk about it um because we are well i guess the first thing is to say is that we are in a a very very uh beneficial lucky good part of the country for clay mm. devon as hilly as you get and absolutely stacked full of red clay yeah you, you dig down about a foot in devon and you're gonna hit big old red clay soil
2: yeah in my garden i've got like yellow clay as well it's um weird mix of like green sand which is like a kind of um Yeah, sandstone, but it's turned to liquid. When it it gets wet, it's really, really soft. And then when it dries out, it goes hard. And then intermixed with that is some like really funky yellow clay. And it all used to be underwater. And you find fossils in it still. No way. Amazing. Yeah, even though it's really high up on a hill. But yeah, most of it is red, isn't it? Um,
0: Is that to do with, because you are in, uh, your house and village are sort of historically very heavily mined, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Whetstone
0: like, stone mines. Whetstone mines, and is that something to? Is the yellow clay anything to do with that, or no? It's just a.
2: No, really. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that is the whetstone when it gets wet, whether it's got a clayish tinge to it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, the reason that we are kind of thinking about clay so much, I think, at the moment as well, is because our group—I'm going to say group singular—because we've just got one at the moment, haven't we?
0: Mm.
2: Um is big into clay like the child it has been child-led and the children have led us there and we've gone okay cool you are really into clay you're really into digging for clay so we've had our kind of digging hole on site for what like three years now
0: yeah a couple of years Um,
2: and it's always like popular but I don't think it's ever been as popular with our current group as it has been recently
0: no we should probably clarify for people listening because uh not everybody has seen photos of our site when we say digging hole we don't it's not like a sandbox this is a like two meter by two meter square trench that goes down about a meter and a half like the kids have cut a, like not a um, meter and a half and the deepest bit i think it does it, yeah, they've definitely. cut like a set of stairs into the side so that they can get in and out like it's a bit what i mean is it's not a like yeah mud kitchen with a bit of a muddy puddle like yeah. we we have but it
2: started out like that yeah it started small and then we didn't dig it that size so the kids could play in it we dug i like can you remember how it started
0: yeah we naively said I think we should get some clay out of the ground and we'll make a big like uh green man face and we said like oh we'll just do it and it was with a homemade group and we went oh we'll just dig the clay out and we sort of started digging and then I think about two hours later realized that we were nowhere near clay and that we're going to have to dig for longer and it's uh, with all things in forest school it's been an interesting balance between that very adult reaction to go I know how I can make this more efficient or I know how I can make this more effective and then actually having to go But by doing that, I will remove about eight weeks of play. If I just come in and go, don't worry, I can, for a hundred quid or 200 quid, I can hire a digger and I can excavate that. And then they'd have a hole and you have to go, no, no, they don't want a hole. They want to dig a hole.
2: And actually they don't even really want to make the green man face. They don't actually really want to make the stage. They just want to dig. They want to dig and uh, like embrace the role play that comes alongside that and the the different kind of oh my god man it's another example of my work play playing at yeah, work yeah playing. yeah yeah I'm gonna do my PhD on this one day I swear um, so you just whole... submit
0: the podcast at some point just submit the podcast and go we've rambled about it for
2: yeah.
0: coming up for you know yeah, have I
2: though months. have I actually
0: ramb-
2: rambled about it yeah. I probably for people have,
0: that right. might have listened this might be somebody's first episode they might be going what the shit is this um, oh, a snail. Go on, explain your work play.
2: Uh, my work play thing is uh, a type of play that I have observed for many a year, because I'm quite old now, and um, doesn't seem to neatly fit into any of the Bob Hughes play types, of which there are 12, I believe. Um, what makes this kind of special is that the children involved, all the, the players involved, um are definitely like working in inverted commas and yeah. they might not necessarily have like happy faces so a lot of the definitions of play that you might read are like you know how do you def- how do you decide if is play? well they play the people involved have smiles on their faces and they're skipping about and they're mm. happy this is not like that kind of play this is like sweaty stressful stressful like big muscles working Big, either big arm movements or big leg like, movements, lots of like heavy lifting or pulling and lots of like shouting at each other, and going, come on, we need more of the thing. You go that way, I'll go this way. Okay, no, work harder. No, stop. You know, all of that kind of like heightened senses. intensity, kind of, kind of, isn't it? Intense. And to the point of like, actually they're looking quite uncomfortable, but they're completely absorbed in it. And it's, all for, it's often for like a common good. So you might hear like, we need more food, more food for the winter, or we need to build the house, or the boss is gonna suck us if we don't work fast enough, which is what we had this week in the day long mm. um so that element of like quite an adult like quite a lot of responsibility, like a lot of need going on um
0: and, and you should make it clear that the the the, the, the it is almost playing out the most stressful parts of being an adult but being human or being human but when but when it's like we need god guys we need the food they're collecting pine cones they don't like this isn't like a group that we're starving or anything like
2: yeah it's (laughs) not when they're actually cooking pancakes for real in the woods like i first noticed it in the science museum with this thing called the grain machine which had like grain going around a circuit with different ways of moving it so it had like a conveyor belt with lots of handles and then an screw and a bouncy kind of thing and a bucket lift and so loads and loads of screw like um, turning handles all over the whole big circuit it was huge um, and so kids that had never met each other before would be suddenly engaged in this like team effort and nothing happened but like, the grains carried on going around in the circuit with no end um, but I guess because it was grain and it looked quite foody even if kids might not m- necessarily seen rain before, then it was always like, need hey, more food for the winter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, so... But that's that-
0: one of the good things about, I would say, our, our set up, and I've recently been in and kind of expanded it, is that the hole that we've got is only did big enough, really, for three, maybe four children to kind of effectively dig in but at times we've had groups of 10 or 15 all involved, not necessarily digging, but it's like, okay, you pull the buckets up. Okay. I'll be the one that empties it. Right. I'll be the sit, you know, they love sitting there and we've got these big, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a archaeologist's sieve. It's not like a, um, it's not like it's a like cooking a gardening
2: sieve. thing, isn't it? It's, like, gardening, it's a gardening yeah.
0: garden. Yeah. And they sit there and they will grate. Chunks of clay against it until it's a fine powder, and that's the stuff. That's the real fire. It's like it's slightly like drug dealing. Like that's, yeah. the, fun, that's the that's the that's <laughs> like, and they'll tell you like that's the powder, man. Yeah, we got to get that powder. And they, <laughs> <That's amazing, laughs> isn't
2: it?
0: But that but that it can involve such a wide, and quite often they will rotate round a bit in a way that you know. sometimes obviously sometimes they have periods of time where, as any children will they go, no, this is the new thing, like the, the new tool, and I'm never gonna give this up. Um, but quite often, once, they've, once that's kind of worked its way through, if you like, then they just kind of, they do go, oh, I'm a bit tired from digging. Does anyone wanna do this? Cause I'm gonna go do some grating now. And they just naturally move round in a way that, beca- I think possibly because it is such a stressful experience and such a gross motor experience, they can't do it infinitely Mm. um whereas if i go completely the other way something really addictive like a video game it isn't physically taxing you don't get out of breath doing it you don't it's it's just like more more i can stay on this i can do this forever i don't have to give it up um but the, the the digging is like no i'm actually knackered i've got yeah. i've got but to move when they get naked,
2: as you say they don't necessarily walk away and leave that area and that play and that realm they're mm-hmm. still involved they're still interested so even if they pass the spade to somebody else and they're grating they're still interested and engaged in what's coming out of the ground they're still going oh yeah you've got some really good good red stuff in that corner keep going you know and encouraging yeah. each other and then they'll have like little sometimes it will evolve into an actual creative process like we've made some bricks haven't we and mm-hmm various different types of concrete in inverted commas and like d- and try like mixing different ingredients so there was some sand lying about for a bit wasn't there and that got mixed in
0: oh can i tell you this is a slight this is a side note um i know somebody who put on their social media that they had bought a kit so you know these like art kits that you buy from like in the uk we've got a thing called the range or hobby craft you buy these like you know, plaster, plaster of Paris, uh, I don't know, figurines and you do them, whatever. So this kit was like that and it was like 20 quid and it's called the Forest School Potion Making Kit and mm-hmm. it's like a little sachet of beetroot powder to make stuff red and a little bucket and a spi- And I just looked at it and was like, oh, and this person had done it inside their house. Like they'd, yeah. they'd brought, they hadn't brought mud in, they'd brought some like play sand in and they'd done it in like the most, Controlled,
2: yeah, controlled the Forest School Potion Mix. It's
0: called the Forest School Potion Kit, I think. I will try and find a link to it, but it's it was very and then because I think I'd just come off a day where like our own children but had come home like you know, clay all over their faces and like knackered from digging and all this stuff, and then they were like, Oh, I want to do some mud kit mi- mixing? And I was like, Oh, okay. This is different ways of approaching the same play, isn't it? Yes. Um, but the, yeah, the mixing thing is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it is quite often that kind of mixing stuff. And this is where I would say it might differ from a lot of early year settings in that you might set up like a mixing station, but if the kids to put too much water in, something is finite. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if you make like a sloppy mud messy puddle then well that's it you know you've used the the mud that was set out on the table you've used the the all of the sand from the sand pit but like we have multiple containers of water so I guess that's finite but really you just dig more out you know mm. what I mean like and because I've like because the hole has got um clay but it's also got a bit that's sandier and they just experiment rotating that round. Like, oh, a bit of mud. No, no, a bit of sand. No, no, get some leaves in there. Oh, make sure all the rocks are out. Like, it is. Yeah,
2: and sometimes there is more fascination with the rocks, isn't there? So they've done... Mm. Because um, there's lots... It's like a mixture of something that I don't know and chert that comes out. And um, I'm wondering... Chert,
0: chert is like flint for people yeah. that aren't geologists.
2: Flint is a type of chert or chert. i can never remember which way around it goes. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, there's often quite a lot of fascination with the rocks and, like, oh, my gosh, I hit the rock by accident with my spade and a spark flew off. Oh, and
0: yeah, incredible. Like
2: so much going on and so many, um, like, natural questions and learning that comes out of it. So, obviously, there's loads of historical stuff that comes up, loads of, like, flint, oh, look at this, it could have been a flint tool and how, you know, talking about flint napping and that kind of thing, and it's just so primal, isn't it? It's, like, really primal, loads of, like... Um, yeah, geology, like observing the different colours of the stone that comes out and talking about why that might be. And I think it would serve us well to read up a bit ourselves on that and have a few more like answers. I, I had
0: a really nice really- um, moment the other day where so, you know, sometimes we talk about um, setting up invitations to play. And um, so that whole because lots of we before now have had lots of different groups on the site and the groups use it in different ways. And I had this amazing moment where one group had done a bit of play and it had completely inadvertently set up a play invitation.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so a group that came, um, a group of early years children that were there before lockdown. So we're like four months ago now, um, mm-hmm. because they didn't really have the physical ability to dig for a long time or do whatever, their play quite often ended up being when it was full of water in the winter, mm-hmm. they just chuck stuff in. and and see the big splash and like, it was really good. We all stood around the side, splash splash. And at some point, um, one of the kids must have picked up like a big bit of wood that was half charcoal. So it was from an old fire or something Mm -hmm. and and they'd thrown it in. And then over the months, bits of soil had fallen on it, whatever, which meant that last week, one of the kids who was coming was digging and she found a half charcoal bit of wood. Mm -hmm. and she decided it was a burnt viking ship that had had a king in it and she immediately then was like there must be treasure let's find the rest of the boat and she like dug it it." and I was watching it just going like oh my god this is like a little play thing that that a four-year-old set up for you by Mm -hmm. accident like you couldn't I mean you could have done it couldn't you but it wouldn't have been the same as like Mm -hmm. just completely at random and I think that's one of the things that have you heard the stuff that says that like the most addictive things in our lives are intermittent rewards? So if you always get a reward out of something, it's boring. If you never Mm. get a reward, it's boring. It's the ones that like give you something every now and again. Mm. And mining and digging is that intermittent reward. You could dig for two minutes and find something. You could dig for an hour and find something. And like, I think that is what brings a lot of kids back is it is sort Mm -hmm. of like, gambling
2: yeah 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 um we have been having a look at how to kind of process the clay haven't we recently mm. um to make it really into really nice smooth pottery clay because we have been buying it in when we've wanted to do stuff with clay mm. okay well you know we really could be refining the stuff that we have on site and um and there, there was interest in it. Like we showed them a film of how to do it, didn't we?
1: Mm.
2: And uh, sieving it and hang up in a pillowcase and stuff. And some children were really interested in doing it two weeks ago and did the first stage. And then you had to like leave it in water, big bucket of water mm. to sink to the bottom after you've sieved all the um, extra stuff out. And, um, and then the following week, I was like, okay, right. We need to like get on the next stage of processing the clay. Oh, the bucket that it was in has tipped over somehow and it's on the floor and I was like oh no they're gonna be really upset they're gonna really really care of course nobody even remembered that was not the important thing that was the important thing for me it
0: was a little gemma project
2: an adult and that's that was my end goal you know but that end goal for them was just like both kind of irrelevant and too far away it was just like I still will do it. I will still, it'll be one of those things that I'll do in a very obvious place and perhaps like talk to myself about what I'm doing quite loudly so that some children might go, what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, well, do you want to help take this? Um, But it's not going to be something that I'm like, right, come on, everybody. We need to do this thing because uh yeah, clearly it was like my project. But the end result will be beneficial to everybody when we've got loads of like pure red clay that is really workable and lovely and tactile and we can actually fire it that would be really cool and
0: mm.
2: um, so we have got a kiln as well like that we haven't
1: talked about
0: yeah but I think didn't. I was going to say that one of the things I think is interesting about clay and the, particularly the way that we have clay in it's being completely open-ended is the projects are so quickly they go from absolutely enormous to, and then realizing the scope of that, so like we had a little, um, it was like a, a load of sycamore that we'd cut down, and we sort of framed it into a house. But the walls—I may say walls—they weren't walls, but the, between the posts was probably two meters long and a meter high. Right? So you imagine a, a sort of gap that size. And the kids decided that they were going to make clay bricks, and we're going to brick not just one wall but four walls and it was really interesting to watch it because you know again it's like like was said earlier about you know you could go okay we'll dig out the um four dumpy bags of clay that that's going to need and then we'll <laughs> process it or, or you just go like okay if that's your project i'll i'll be nearby but you you crack on and you do whatever and um just watching it go to like but then their enthusiasm for it didn't change. What it went from was, wouldn't it be amazing if we made a wall? And at the end of the day, they went, wouldn't it be amazing if these two bricks dried for next week? Yeah. They naturally just scaled it down and fun. went, Do you know what? Yeah. That's actually the goal. And that was a really interesting experiment. in like, If you had set up a group and, and you as an, like we as an adult had come in and gone, right, guys, the goal is X then that is really hard to move but because the goal was sort of set in play it was just like all the rest of play it was completely flexible Mm -hmm. and once they realized that like the bricks were the hard bit then they started making concrete because actually the concrete was the fun bit then or like Mm -hmm. they just started do you know what I mean they just Mm -hmm. I think lots of children uh, lots of our children particularly have watched and they're really big aren't they on on YouTube they get millions and millions of views these like primal survival primitive buildings yeah um, primitive technology um and I know primitive technology was kind of the forerunner and now there's lots and lots of copycat channels but essentially it is what are the limits of what you can make with kind of clay and adobe and cob and there are like you know four-story buildings now and underground swimming pool with natural buddha um whatever and watering slide. i saw a really good one the other day where they polished the watering slide as water slide that went down under the hill and at the top of the slide they were hanging a clay bucket with holes underneath so it was a bit like a slip and slide it was dripping slowly and keeping the slide wet and it was like oh my god you watch that and you immediately go, oh, my God, that was a 15-minute video. I bet if if we went in the woods, we could make that thing. And then, you know, five minutes into digging, you're like, yeah, probably leave it.
1: Support the podcast today by becoming a Patreon member at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's, um. I don't know, I just get a vibe that that whole process you've just described of having a dream of what you're going to do that comes from you. And then knowing you've got, you know, a bit of adult help if you need it, but you've got all the tools you need. And then that internal realisation, as you've just described, that actually that's not quite doable. But what is doable? Instead of like just going oh, stuff, I can't do it, like adapting your own physical involvement in it and the end goal and doing all that internally and with other people. What is better learning than that? Really? I
0: mean, it makes me think about um, if there's a a thing that early year settings have to do here where you have to have um, learning prompts and a text rich environment. And there's a real difference between, I think some places you go and in a mud kitchen digging scenario I can imagine and I have seen some settings that will write can you make a castle and I've seen some settings that just go what can you make with clay and Mm. they might on the face of it look like oh they're two learning prompts but the second you engage with it you kind of go one of those is very different to the other and I mean even even the like if I was going to get real education, wanky, like tear the system down, um, the the even the question of what can you make negates the process mm. because it kind of says what is your end product mm. in a way.
2: Yeah, it's making the whole like uh, tactile experience, the whole visual experience of it, the sensory experience of mm. it, invalid because unless you're making something what what are you up to like that's the point um which is something I kind of wanted to talk about because I mean what you're also learning about is that the property of that of that stuff that's mm-hmm. come out the ground in the place where you play every week um so they will often comment so yeah again you know you might have in your head right we don't I'm gonna sort of see if we can do some pinch pots today but actually so many children are way more interested in the fact that the clay is beginning to have cracks in it or it's beginning to get really hard mm-hmm. and it's just really hard to do that because it's got cracks and it's and then and then they're realizing it's drying out and so mm. that's the interesting thing it's like whoa what, and the fact that it's physically like the earth you are playing with the earth yeah. and what happens to the earth when uh, you interfere with it uh, like
0: whoa
2: that's deep man it's like a metaphor for human existence what are we doing to the planet was it uh, in our mm-hmm.
0: other podcast with uh, john Cree and it took me off guard when he said we are all made of soil or something he said something along those lines mm-hmm. in a very john way and it took me off guard and it sort of sat with me for a while because he was saying obviously we all not own you know or regardless of what your diet is it comes from the earth at a certain point it was soil that was yeah. made into a plant and then either you eat the plant or the plant goes into an animal and you eat the animal but yeah. just that he was like oh we we come from the earth i was like Poof. Yeah. brain exploding yeah. um and and it does lead itself isn't into it doesn't it it's that like it's recapitulative play but in the way that all the reading i have done about um sort of hunter-gatherer societies and more primitives uh, primitives are a funny words isn't it yeah. but um it, it always strikes me that they function a little bit more like a rugby team which is a weird comparison to make but what i mean is uh, have you heard the, the the analogy that, like, on a football team, essentially everybody needs to be doing pretty similar things? Some people are up here, for but, but on a rugby team, you need big, heavy, slow guys to do some jobs, and you need quick, whippy people at the end to be doing fast stuff, and you need everybody in between. And so it functions because everybody can have a job. And in the same way, you know, like we were saying, there's a job for everybody – it's it does bring a, a community together in a way of like right this comes from the ground and we all have different skill sets that we are bringing to this yeah um,
2: absolutely and um and it's very um what's the word like it's a great kind of leveler so you might you know we've done it endless times with toddler groups haven't we
1: hmm. where
2: even the tiniest child can do something like press some berries into a bit of clay or make some holes with their finger and everyone will be like hey check that out you made a thing and then adults next to them it'll be one of those things won't it where the adults are like oh can I can I have a go can I can I have a play like yeah of course like you are here too you are alive you're present like yeah join in and Uh... so many people will say oh I haven't played with anything like this since I was at school I used to love this and then and they'll yeah just make a little thing and be really proud of it like we've had some parents have been super like oh my elephant do you remember my elephant I made yes I do because I remember how amazingly proud you were of it even though it was just like a little casual sit around the fire and you know play with a bit of clay you were so chuffed with that elephant that it's gonna stay with me forever and there's,
0: there is something that doesn't it, it doesn't stop when you're a child in that um I guess it's similar to, if I'm going to talk about Bob Hughes again, but that mastery play, that kind of manipulation of your environment. But in, I've heard people say that like human history uh, was, in terms of what do you want to leave, for a long time was like, well, I'm basically going to leave nothing. And then we had this weird industrial period where, let's be honest, lots of rich white men went, I am going to absolutely carve my name into a, like, I'm gonna carve some faces into a mountain mm. at some point. That's what I'm gonna do. And then now we've moved to a point of like eco burials and like, let's decompose again. But something about pushing your hand into clay and seeing your handprint or your thumbprint like, that is your, that's like, mm-hmm. in the same way that I can imagine someone getting some red ochre inside a hollow bone and spraying their handprint on those walls in France and going, that's my hand. Mm. Like, that experience is the same thing you know yeah yeah and that's massive that's just you know to to i don't know it makes you it sounds weird but it kind of makes you feel a bit like self-actualized as a person mm. be like oh i exist i can implement things on the world
2: yeah and i think that's what i so i did a lot of clay work at school so for art gcse i made like a massive um clay sculpture thing that then uh, like the reason I liked doing it, I think was because it's easy to work with once, you know, how clay reacts. Mm. So you don't necessarily have to like measure loads of things or plan it massively because it's so tactile and it's just sort of like, Oh, how's it responding today? Okay. And it's so, dependent as you said on your hands like the shape if we if everybody tried to make the same clay shape it's always going to be different because our hands are different and the amount of pressure you use is different Um, and the fact that you can make something quite large without really any special tools even it's just like there's a lump of stuff just shift it and mold it into a thing Um, and it was like this kind of reclining mother figure but very stylized and simplistic um like cradling a baby
1: Mm. Um,
2: and I I spent ages, it dried out to like leather hardness. And then I polished it with the back of a spoon and I glazed it and all the rest of it. Um, And then I went to pick it up. It was like Friday night, kiln goes on on Friday. Oh, it's gonna be ready, it's gonna be ready. So I think, oh, it's a box full of bits because it exploded (laughs) because I did not prep I was so excited I prepped it enough and there's obviously some air bubbles in it um and okay I've taken some pictures of it so it was all right but um but then I recently saw a picture of something in a museum that was quite old and looked the flipping same as the flipping thing that I made you failed just like
0: the old people failed Ah!
2: um i really need to find it because i don't know how old it was this thing in this medium but anyway i was a bit freaked out because i was like wow
0: and it's interesting that isn't it i mean one of the things that we say quite often is that we really like is that um i mean partly financial reasons but if the kids leave a load of clay out on the table and you for whatever reason don't tidy it up um sorry that sounded like a real dig that sounded like I was having a go at like for you don't tidy it up if if we don't tidy it up and it dries out you just go okay put it in the water give it a Mm -hmm. bit it it will be again you know unless you fired it and I was thinking actually it's very different because I think lots of people would go um quite early in forest school would go to whittling and -hmm. whittling is a very unforgiving if you've cut it away you've cut it away you know we're not getting the super glue out and sticking it back on but if in terms of fine motor control if we did stuff with clay the forgivingness that's not a word Lewis the the sort of how forgiving clay is means that you can make mistakes and experiment in a way that you can't with whittling yeah so I know whittling is kind of a lot more of what people think forest school might be about because they think that it's closer to bushcraft and then it's you know um it's a cool thing it's a blade it's got a bit of risk and it's got its place don't get me wrong but for lots of children clay is a more appropriate place to start yeah, yeah sort of uh, particularly children who um yeah. might i'm trying to be really careful here children now and now might have had less access to playing with clay and mud before mm-hmm. they enter the school system, mm-hmm. and, and say a few decades ago when it probably would have been the norm that children played in the mud wherever yeah. they were. Now it's it's like oh no, you want to get that you want to get kids how to you know ready for writing. You want to get them ready for whatever. Yes, you can spend a load on like a silly putty and uh, you know uh, play doh for using them, or get some clay and and make and experiment and do that thing over and over again but for people listening i have two two tips for people that are listening and going yeah yeah let's go as i'm assuming we just inspire everybody in there immediately going yes clay tomorrow that's what we're doing um two things one don't use air drying clay outside okay might seem like a good idea it's full of plastic
2: yeah it's full of like ni- lin- l- nylon threads that hold it together although i bought some from like aldi or lidl a while ago small packs just mm. for home and um that doesn't have any plastic in it because it is just clay oh, when okay. they say air dry they mean it goes hard in the air Oh, okay you know so sometimes you can get it without yeah.
0: thread and the second tip is for people uh, i got this from a Uh, 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 actually it was a course I did with Richard Irvine when I did whittling so you never never know what you can learn on a course do you? I went there on a whittling course and I was sat next to a bloke that did pottery and I ended up just chatting to him about pottery all day so sorry Richard I did a little bit of whittling but actually I was talking about pottery for a lot of the day and he said that you should be able to, oh I can't describe, how would you describe this action for people that can't see me? Cupping,
2: Cupping your hands together like you were going to make an owl noise
0: like I was going to go Yeah. And cupping them together, you should. children should be able to, an adult should be able to completely cover the amount of clay they've got that they're working with. In their two hands. In their two hands. And we have several children who will go more, I need more clay, I need more clay, I need more clay. And you go, yeah. okay, you've got to make your thing smaller because that's the amount of clay that you can work, you know, a big cumbersome ball. If you imagine trying to work with a football size of clay, it's just not going to work. You watch, you know, potters do it and they kind of go, here's an ear, put the ear on, do the other ear, put the other ear on. They're never working with the whole thing really at once. Um, I uh, I was looking at our notes and one of the things, you know, we talk quite often about um, the meeting people where they are and this kind of slow progression. And one of the things I really like about our groups is because we don't work in schools and we don't follow school terms you know we don't have like a clean slate of like all these people are new um and I really one of my favorite things is similar to when I like put a slug on my head um is very surreptitiously when we're doing stuff anything with clay or mud just painting my face and putting lines on it or putting a big old handprint on my face or something and seeing the new people or newer people sort of nudge their kids and go oh
1: look lewis has
0: done a look (laughs) and then there's people that have been coming for years next to him going (laughs) has he (laughs) okay just just absolutely over it
2: but that is also a nice um thing that people can either use clay when it is just at that stage where like if you put it in it you're just getting out of the bags so it's not really going to stick to your hands that much or you can add water to it and completely make yourself like a pair of gloves of wet clay from your you know tips of your fingers up to your elbows as one child did the other day and run around going look look at me and like for some people that is just not going to happen like either ever or not for a long time because that is so gross like the sensory thing of that and just ugh, you know no um yeah. But it's up to you. You can you can do that if you want to.
0: Um
2: yes, and then you can go around clicking it at people or making amazing handprints on the trees. Um oh, yeah. they
0: were amazing, weren't they? They're, they're, they're the I don't want to say neatest, but the most defined handprints I've seen on a tree. Yeah. For quite a long time. Um the tactile thing is interesting, isn't it? Because um I think the clay is one of those things that reminds me that the tactile thing is not fixed if to, if a person child if a learner of whatever age um doesn't enjoy the feeling of clay on their hands um one week that doesn't mean they're not going to want to barefoot walk in it the following week um yeah. and just constantly kind of seeing where we are with it you know just oh do you do this today oh do you do this and it's not a as with a lot of things it's not linear you know, I think lots of people, again, would see it as, oh, okay, if they can't touch it, then next next week, what we'll do is we'll smell it. And the week after that, and we'll do this. And the week after that, and we'll do this. And they they kind of, yeah, it's that, it's that linear view of education, isn't it? Rather than every week kind of just taking a moment and going, okay, what do you want to do with this today? It mm. might have completely changed. And, and having access to more, uh, in, in, in air quotes, jobs, means that you are like you said experiencing the material in different ways if you have um a lesson like an art lesson when I was a teacher I did an art art lessons with kids and they would have the same board the same piece of clay the same size of it and they would have like a little pot with you know the they're like plastic scalpels and stuff yeah and that you do that over and over and they would sort of develop some familiarity with it but it's not the same as digging it one week you know grinding it an hour later and then the next week mixing it with water and then a week after that you face paint with it and you're just experiencing that material in so many more scenarios i guess Mm -hmm. than just the narrowly confined uh tick box yes yes we did clay we did clay because we put it all on boards and they all you know did it it is so open-ended isn't it
2: yeah and time you know just having a whole day if you want to to explore that material Mm. several days yeah I was thinking um, today I was like okay well you know this group are on a clay jag like all of them are invested in that project in some way aren't they
1: Mm.
2: and I'm interested to see how long it will last and because I'm sure it'll be one of those things that I'll come back to again and again for sure but for now it feels like it is the main bulk of the session that's what they want to do And I wonder when it will kind of come to its
0: natural end. I I think we will see a a resurgence for at least the next couple of weeks because um, we, I don't know whether we approached this in the right way, but the way we approached it was they had all day last week. So we have a day with lots of kids and then some of them come for a second day, but not all of them. Um, And we said to the, the, on the big, the, the big group day, we said, guys, we're going to get the clay out, a clay from a bag out after lunch. Next week, we're going to fire the kiln. But that means that it needs a week to dry before it goes in the kiln. So if you want to put something in the kiln next week, you need to make it by like two o'clock. Yeah. We'll see you later. And kind yeah. of left it open and said, oh, you know, a few times maybe checked in and said the clay's on the table. If you, if you want to make it, it doesn't matter at all. I just don't want you to forget. Um, but... I know there are some children that didn't make something because they were really engaged in digging. And yeah. I think they will, uh, I think they will feel left, not left out, but they will feel like they sort of missed the boat
1: mm-hmm. when
0: they see it, that there's an, a huge, cause, cause the kiln is a huge fire. Yeah. And I think that will be engaging to them and they will kind of go, Oh, I'm not really as much of a part of this as I could have been. Um,
2: Sorry. Me. Sorry. Sorry. What's that? It was my phone dinging.
0: God, I know. I thought your house was on fire.
2: How unprofessional.
0: How unprofessional!
2: Um, yes. And I, I was also wondering whether it's like a... Um, in fact, it definitely is, because we've talked about this before. Um, Seasons-wise, in the winter, some days it's just too blooming cold, isn't it? You're going, oh, we could do... Oh, no. Clay is not going to be nice. On no, that's mountain,
0: not how the conversation goes. The, wind. the conversation goes... I go in and go, what about clay? We could do clay. I'm not wearing shoes. And then you go, it's zero degrees. Or like you go, they're all tiny. They won't touch the clay. And I go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not good at judging temperature. <laughs> and where the, and, or more that more so that by the time people are starting to arrive, I've already been in the woods for about two hours and carried a tree up the hill and so I'm boiling and yeah. then you arrive and go, no, no. Just so you know, it's cold and quite windy. They yeah. won't, they won't want to do it.
2: Yeah, and I know that through experience, through offering it and it being like, oh no, you're mm. putting a lot of demands on me right now. I don't want my hands to get even colder and damp. Like no.
0: Yeah, mm. it's also something you need to consider, don't you, in terms of wh- whatever length your session is, if it's two hours or six hours. When <laughs> when do you like? When do you give access to the clay? When do you encourage the clay? When do you, because if you're more like, oh, in between break and lunch would be a great time to do digging. And then you're like, right. So they need to wash their hands really thoroughly before they do it uh, because they will have just eaten. And then you need to make sure they are absolutely spotless before they eat again because they've Mm. been digging in the earth and it's so much easier to just do it near the end of a session and then go, okay, bye, go home now.
2: Do you remember that time we did um, barefoot walking in the mud and that was in early autumn and Mm -hmm. then we made conker soap to wash feet with. So we had like loads of buckets of warm water Mm -hmm. with bubbly conker soap. That was so Mm -hmm. nice. We should do that again. And And then one of the conkers has grown.
0: I saw your palpable excitement when you saw the... uh,
2: How the heck has a horse chestnut got into this forest? There are no horse chestnuts here. And I was like, aha, this is where we made the Conker Soap in exactly this area. When we were trying to get the kids to
0: smash the... When you were smashing it, I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How weird.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Let's, I'm going to put, there's going to be music in there. I'm going to cut this bit of talking out. Mm children of the forest is a lovely place and you should definitely come here um
1: find out about cpd courses at childrenoftheforest.com. check out the podcast links for more details uh
0: last week we the last podcast we talked about like going back and physically being ready yeah we've done more than a couple of weeks now do you think you're back and ready
2: um I would say I'm still pretty darn tired at the end of the day I mean like like so tired this is what I do on a Wednesday Mm -hmm. I come home I like make sure that everyone has like taken their shoes off and is happy in some way then I go upstairs I sit down and then I fall asleep (laughs) asleep for about an hour and then i wake up and then i go downstairs and i have my tea <laughs> but i'm getting old so that's what i do now i have oh. a little afternoon sleep when i get home and then you know i was all like yeah yeah so i'm um, actually i've uh, been uh preparing for uh, my return to work after lockdown by doing uh, some pretty intense hit so you know cycling on my exercise bag blah, blah 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 yeah um so i'm like obviously i'm not going to do that on the days where i work because that would be insane of course not and, so, and i'm also not going to do that the day after i've been working
0: because that would be, no, really be silly <laughs>
2: because i'm really tired and the weekend i mean
0: i've oof. got to have a break on the weekend You've
2: got to have a break have a little lie-in haven't you <laughs> you know um, maybe Sunday, Sunday does sometimes happen, but um, yeah, it's gone from me like every other day to like mm, every fortnight, maybe. Um, but I know I will get there definitely. You just and gotta
0: recalibrate that is
2: recalibrate, thing. get used to it. And um, barefoot shoes, I'm obsessed mm. with barefoot shoes, want more Lovely barefoot shoes every single pair of shoes that i own to be barefoot shoes that's really helping that's really good
0: i will say i'm really i'm really enjoying mine but they have split and i'm going to mm. i've emailed the company and i i've like sent them some pictures of the little splits and said should this have happened mm-hmm. but if they come back positively i will i will be shouting from the rooftops and telling everybody on the podcast that they need to get these shoes because they're amazing but i don't want to do it in, unless i'm absolutely confident i
2: think i found some that i want but they're a different brand
0: no that's okay so i think i'm
2: gonna get them
0: we don't have a company brand that's fine nobody's sponsoring us yet (laughs) yet i will say that i um i would say just before we started doing sessions again i had and i said to you um actually i had about three weeks where i got really concerned because i uh I'm about six foot tall and I hit fifteen stone nine, which is the biggest I've ever been. Um, and I had a real like, oh God, I'm getting a you know, I'm getting a bit of a belly and I'm not enjoying that, and I really wanted to change it. And so I was like, okay, go change my food, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do a bit more exercise. Cause I my type of exercise isn't cardio, it's like pick up the heavy thing once. I really like that. Um, but having gone back to work only a couple of days a week i have dropped like what have we done three weeks and i've dropped uh five or six kilos uh almost solidly off body fat and i've just stopped caring about food and i've gone back to like no i'm hungry i'm gonna eat and like just enjoyable, like oh yeah, it's nice having a job that's very physically mm-hmm. taxing because you can eat a full tube of Pringles. I do you have full tube. This is going to be people are going to be like, Lewis, you are utterly disgusting. A full tube of Pringles is a thousand calories.
2: Really? Thousand
0: calories. Wow. And I would plan. Plow-
2: Manage to cram in so many calories? To I
0: would thing. plow through that in like mm. ten minutes on a day on a heavy day at work. I'd be like, get home right tuba print i don't even i don't even chew them right i take the lid off and i pour it and it's just because they're all stacked up it just goes straight in Mm. but yeah thousand calories um (coughs) i'm very excited because i've started a new gym and i'm going to the new gym tomorrow first thing in the morning which Mm. is going to be exciting gonna lift up heavy things yeah cool
2: nice well i'm gonna um In, I don't know if I said on the podcast, in lockdown, when everything was like the weirdest of the weird in lockdown, when everyone was just like, what planet are we living on? This is insane. Um, I was going for runs in the evening, but then I would just get like distracted by the telephone raven or like that tree or whatever, or that bit of moss or what is that thing? Oh, it's an owl pellet. And I have picked it up. Now it's all gross. Um, yeah, I saw something like bright orange on the ground, and I was like, "What is that bright orange thing?" Oh, it's a bit of plastic that an owl has eaten and then regurgitated into a pellet, and now I've got that all over my hand. That's gross. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like a weird. It became like a nature ramble. Weird, sit in a tree for a bit. So a bit I kind of
0: connection.
2: Of, yeah, I, I was like, I'm going for a run. It never really actually was a run. It was about ten minutes of run and about forty-five minutes of like sitting in a tree being weird standing there and doing some breathing and like wondering whether anyone could see me and think that I was weird (laughs) and reporting me to somebody um but I'm going to start doing that again I think because it did occur to me yesterday I was like why did I stop doing that I really enjoyed doing that why does there need to be like a national lockdown for me to do that.
0: Do you know what it is? I wouldn't be surprised if it's to do with, and we have talked about this before, it's the same thing as adults don't want to do forest school sessions, even though they should, because they feel guilty about spending time on themselves. And when everything's locked down, you can be completely shameless in like, I need to leave the house, and nobody will judge that. But once you start leaving the house for other reasons, to say you need to leave the house again is like, what? You need more mental health? You... Bastard. Yeah, um right. I which you know it's right. not the case. I was thinking the other day how weird it was that at some point, and it feels like years ago now, but at some point the government just went, We're going to shut schools. And that mm. now at the time was like, They're shutting schools. What the heck? this is the craziest thing that's ever and now. I'm like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they they shut the schools, didn't they? Some kids don't go to school, some kids mm. just just never go to school never go to school again listen That's to me more bumps. Don't, don't send your kids back to school never send your kids back to school
2: it's yeah. great
0: um yeah perfect uh i'm ready i've got to go to bed now yeah because i've got to get up really early to go to the gym
2: enjoy
0: it it was lovely to talk to you yeah <laughs> good
1: night likewise night If you like this podcast and want to support more episodes, you can donate through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash children of the forest to show your support for the Forest School podcast.